This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Welcome to Hidden History, an Odyssey Through Time. I'm your host, John Rodriguez, and this is episode 18 of the Best History Podcast North of New York City. The title of this episode is Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds, the American Soldier Who Never Backed Down. Before we begin, we here at Hidden History would like to give a quick shout out to the podcast of the month of June over at the Deluxe Edition Network, our podcast network. The two podcasts are called Barrel Aged Chicks and the Deep Dark Secrets Podcast. You can listen to these great podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to find them on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and now let's get to the episode. Captured during the Battle of the Bulge, Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds was the highest ranking American soldier at Stalic IXA, a prisoner of war camp near Seigenheim, Germany. A native of Knoxville, Tennessee, Roddy was a simple, soft-spoken man of deep inner strength and unwavering Christian faith. Though he was driven to the limits of endurance, Roddy refused to succumb to Nazi brutality towards the Jewish American GIs with whom he was serving. Through his inspiring leadership and bravery, Roddy saved the lives of hundreds of U.S. infantrymen in those perilous final days of the Second World War. But then Roddy returned home to Knoxville and never told his family or anyone else what had occurred in that POW camp. He eventually got married, had children and grandchildren, and died in 1985. Roddy Edmonds never received a medal or honor or any type of recognition for the lives he saved during World War II. Years after his death, One of his sons began to do some research and discovered what had occurred in that German prisoner of war camp so many years before. And then suddenly, the whole world was made aware that Roddy Edmonds had been a hero of the Holocaust. Roddy's story, hidden history that has remained long forgotten, is the story of a patriot who went beyond the call of duty to save the lives of Jewish Americans and the importance of standing up for decency and humanity during a time of great hate. Roderick Waring Edmonds was born on August 20, 1919, in South Knoxville, Tennessee, to Thomas and Jenny Mary Edmonds. Roderick, who everyone called Roddy, was the youngest of four sons born to the Edmonds. His older brothers were named Robert, Leon, and Thomas. On June 25, 1922, about a month before Roddy's third birthday, his mother Jenny Mary died suddenly. At the time of her death, Jenny was 38 years old. And so this historian was curious as to how she died. After looking at her death certificate, however, the reason listed under cause of death is hard to read. Normally, the cause of death is plainly listed, such as congestive heart failure or cancer, but that's not the case with Jenny Mary's death certificate. 
Either way, a copy of her death certificate is available on our website. Maybe one of our listeners can figure it out. Roddy's father, Thomas, who never remarried, was left to raise his four boys on his own. Thomas was primarily a wallpaper hanger for a number of local businesses over the years, and the work put food on the table and kept the bills paid. He also made sure that his sons had a simple but strong Christian faith, which was nurtured at the small Vestal Methodist Church, now Vestal United Methodist, in South Knoxville. In 1938, Roddy graduated from Knoxville High School, and three years later, on December 7, 1941, his life would change forever when Japan launched a surprise military attack against the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor in Honolulu, Hawaii. One year after Roddy had graduated high school, Nazi Germany invaded Poland on September 1, 1939, triggering World War II. Two days later, France and Great Britain joined the war in defense of Poland, but when the Soviet Union invaded Poland from the east on September 17 on the side of the Germans, Poland was doomed. By the end of September, Poland officially surrendered to the Germans. By June 1940, Germany had conquered France, leaving Great Britain as the only remaining unconquered country in the world still at war with Hitler. Although the United States was a neutral country at the time and was not actively involved in the war, President Roosevelt began sending tanks, warplanes, food, and ammunition to Great Britain. In a nationwide radio broadcast, he asserted that the best policy for keeping the United States out of the war was to become, quote, the arsenal of democracy, extending full material support to the Allies. Ironically, the United States became fully involved in the European war as a result of events that took place on the other side of the globe. On December 7, 1941, Japanese carrier planes attacked the American fleet at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, knocking out over 200 planes and sinking or damaging eight battleships, the pride of the U.S. Pacific Fleet. A total of 2,403 Americans were killed and 1,178 others were wounded. On December 8, 1941, the day after the attack, Roosevelt delivered his infamous Day of Infamy speech to a joint session of Congress calling for a formal declaration of war on the Empire of Japan. Congress approved his request less than an hour later. Naturally, Germany and Italy, Japan's allies, responded by declaring war against the United States. On March 17, 1941, Three months after the attack on Pearl Harbor, 21-year-old Roddy Edmonds enlisted in the U.S. Army and quickly rose to the rank of Master Sergeant. In November 1942, Roddy married Marie Solomon while he was stationed at Camp Forest in Tennessee. That marriage would only last until sometime in 1944 when the couple got a divorce due to all the time they spent apart, with Roddy away in the Army. In December 1944, Roddy and the other troops were sent to the European Theater of Operations with the 422nd Infantry Regiment of the 106th Infantry Division, arriving only five days before Germany launched a massive counteroffensive known as the Battle of the Bulge. As 1944 was drawing to a close, 
the Allied forces could look back on a year of great strides towards victory over Nazi Germany and the Axis powers. In Europe, the successful D-Day landings in June had given way to the liberation of France, and Allied forces were now within the countries of Holland and Belgium, poised along the German border. A sense of overconfidence began to infect the Allied leadership, where some even predicted that the war would be over by Christmas. Adolf Hitler, however, had other plans. Recognizing a pot potential opportunity for a German victory with the last roll of the dice, the Germans were secretly massing an attack force under cover of night and radio silence. Their goal was to take the port city of Antwerp in Belgium and divide the British and American armies. Called the greatest American battle of the war by Winston Churchill, the Battle of the Bulge in the Ardennes region of Belgium was Adolf Hitler's last major offensive in World War II against the Western Front. Lasting six brutal weeks from December 16, 1944 to January 25, 1945, the assault, also called the Battle of the Ardennes, took place during frigid weather conditions, with some 30 German divisions attacking battle-fatigued American troops across 85 miles of the densely wooded Ardennes forest. The battle proved to be the costliest ever fought by the U.S. Army, which suffered over 100,000 casualties but it ended in victory for the Allies. After their, after their defeat, Germany would, would retreat for the remainder of World War II. But despite this embarrassing and monumental loss, the Germans had managed to capture thousands of Allied soldiers, and Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds was one of them. Quote, We surrendered to avoid slaughter, we were marched without food and water, except for the few sugar beets we found along the road and puddles. During the Battle of the Bulge on December 19, 1944, Edmonds was captured with thousands of others and sent to Stalag IXB, a German prisoner of war camp where the Jewish POWs were segregated into special barracks with lice-infested mattresses and starvation food rations. Lower-ranking Jewish POWs were eventually sent to slave labor camps. Shortly thereafter, Edmonds was transferred with other enlisted personnel to another POW camp near Seigenhain, Germany, Stalag IXA. The highest ranking American non-commissioned officer at the new camp, Master Sergeant Edmonds was now responsible for the camp's 1,275 American POWs. On their first day in Stalag IXA, January 27, 1945, as Germany's defeat was clearly approaching, the German commander ordered Edmonds to tell only the Jewish American soldiers to present themselves at the next morning's assembly so they could be separated from the other prisoners. At the time of Edmonds' capture, the most infamous Nazi death camps were no longer fully operational, so Jewish American POWs were instead sent to slave labor camps where their chances of survival were low. U.S. soldiers had been warned that Jewish fighters among them would be in danger if captured and were told to destroy dog tags or any other evidence identifying them as Jewish. Quote, We are not doing that. We are all falling out. Master Sergeant Edmonds defiantly asked for all the American POWs to step forward during the Nazi request so that no one would have to be singled out. The next morning, when the Nazi commander requested all the Jews, all of the men present stepped forward. The commander was furious and screamed that it was not possible that all the men there were Jews. Edmonds boldly replied, quote, We are all Jews here. 
Then the Nazi officer pressed his pistol to Edmund's head and offered him one last chance. Edmonds merely gave him his name, rank, and serial number as required by the Geneva Conventions. Edmund then had the following to say to the Nazi officer, quote, If you are going to shoot, you're going to have to shoot all of us because we know who you are and you'll be tried for war crimes when we win this war. Witnesses to the exchange said the German officer then backed down, turned around, and left the scene. Edmund's actions saved the lives of around 200 Jewish American soldiers, although we now know that that number may be a little bit higher. Among the prisoners in the camp that were saved by Roddy were Sonny Fox, who would go on to host the children's television program Wonderama from 1959 to 1967. While he was a prisoner, Edmonds kept a diary in the camp where he also had the other POWs write down their names and addresses. Food rations were very small and the POWs were hungry, so Edmonds with some other friends planned to open a restaurant after the end of the war. Edmonds, who was artistically talented, made drawings of the restaurant and sketched its logo. These plans, however, were abandoned once Edmonds returned to the United States. Photos of Edmonds' drawings are available on our website if you'd like to check it out. As the Allied forces got closer to the POW camp, the Germans ordered all POWs to leave the camp by foot or on trucks that were waiting nearby. The British, French, and the other non-American prisoners were hurried onto trucks, but Edmonds ordered all Americans under his command to play sick, fake an injury, and stay in the barracks, anything to prevent evacuation before the liberating forces arrived. His sense of duty, responsibility, and devotion to the soldiers under his command went far beyond his own personal safety. As a result, only the American prisoners in the camp were left behind and ultimately saved due to Sergeant Edmonds' outstanding courage. After 100 days in captivity, Edmonds and the rest of the Americans were finally freed when the Allied armies led by General George S. Patton liberated them in May 1945. After returning home from World War II, Roddy found work at a company called Oak Ridge National Labs and never told his family about what had occurred at the prisoner of war camp with the German commander and the American Jews. He married his second wife, Pauline Surratt, in 1948, but like his first marriage, this marriage would end after a few short years because Roddy decided to join the National Guard and was again deployed, this time to Korea. The Korean War began on June 25, 1950, when some 75,000 soldiers from communist North Korea invaded the pro-Western Republic of Korea to the south. This invasion was the first military action of the Cold War, and North Korea's goal was to unify Korea under the communist North Korean regime. Concerned that the Soviet Union and communist China might have encouraged this invasion, President Harry S. Truman committed United States air, ground, and naval forces to the combined United Nations forces, assisting the Republic of Korea in its, in its defense. By July, American troops had entered the war on South Korea's behalf. After some early back and forth action across the border of the two countries, the fighting stalled and the casualties mounted with nothing to show for them. The fighting finally ended on July 27, 1953, when the Korean Armistice Agreement was signed. 
However, no peace treaty was ever signed, and the two Koreas are technically still at war and divided between North and South today. Following the war, Edmonds returned home to Knoxville and married Mary Ann Watson on February 18, 1953, who was 15 years his junior. Despite the age difference, however, it appeared that the third time was the charm because Roddy and Mary Ann remained together for the rest of their lives. The couple would go on to have two sons, Christopher and Michael, and according to Christopher, his father had a daughter from his first marriage, but as of 2016, Christopher has never met her. Roddy worked as a manager for the Knoxville Journal and at Oak Ridge before getting into sales work related to mobile homes and cable television. Leaving the wars in the past, Roddy and his wife raised their sons with strong Christian values and taught them to be humble, kind, and generous to others. Roderick Roddy Edmonds died on August 8, 1985 of congestive heart failure, 12 days before his 66th birthday. He was survived by his wife, Mary Ann, his children, and grandchildren. Roddy was buried at Berry Highland Memorial Gardens in Knoxville, Tennessee. Roddy's family had no idea that he was a Holocaust hero until his son Christopher began doing some research more than 20 years after his father's death. As a teenager and while in college, Chris asked his father several times about his experiences during World War II, and each time Roddy would reply with, quote, Son, there are just some things I'd rather not talk about. While searching online in 2009, Chris found a New York Times article in which a man named Lester Tanner made reference to the fact that he had been saved from likely death at a POW camp during World War II due to the efforts of Roddy Edmonds. Chris was able to get in touch with Tanner and a few other men who were there in the POW camp and was able to piece together Roddy's amazing story. In fact, Tanner and another Jewish American prisoner of war named Paul Stern later provided witness statements to Yad Vashem, Israel's official memorial to the victims of the Holocaust. The following is from the testimony given by Lester Tanner, born Lester Tannenbaum, to Yad Vashem about what happened in Germany in 1945. Quote, it was only a few seconds, but I remember it as an eternity before Edmonds calmly replied, Major, you will have to shoot all of us because we all know who you are. This war will soon be over and you will be a war criminal. The Major reddened in anger, but lowered his pistol and returned to his office. Sergeant Edmonds dismissed the company. We all returned to the barracks, after which we were not again threatened until General Patton's advance liberated our camp which is another story of Sergeant Edmund's leadership and daring for another time. The lesson of that day has shaped my life for there have been times when you must take a calculated risk, however perilous, to stand up for the right thing for yourself and those of whom you have responsibility. To understand why Roddy never spoke about his courage, not to his wife, his children, nor his grandchildren, is to understand something about the man himself. Quote, he was a man of faith. 
He never bragged on anything but God. Well, maybe his son sometimes. On February 10, 2015, Yad Vashem recognized Master Sergeant Roddy Edmonds as righteous among the nations. This honor is given by the State of Israel to describe non-Jews who risked their lives during the Holocaust to save Jews from extermination by the Nazis. Prior to Roddy, only four Americans had been designated righteous among the nations by Yad Vashem. While those four belonged to the clergy or volunteered for rescue groups, and we here at Hidden History have covered three of those individuals in previous episodes, Roddy was the first U.S. soldier recognized and the first whose actions directly saved the lives of fellow Americans. On January 27, 2016, a ceremony was held at the Israeli Embassy in Washington, D.C. Israeli Ambassador Ron Dermer and Yad Vashem Council Chairman Rabbi Lau presented the Righteous Medal and Certificate of Honor to Roddy's son, Chris. Also present at the ceremony was President Obama, who took the opportunity to say the following about Roddy Edmonds. Quote, Faced with the choice of giving up his fellow soldiers or saving his own life, Roddy looked evil in the eye and dared a Nazi to shoot. His moral compass never wavered. He was true to his faith and he saved Jewish American soldiers as a consequence. It's an instructive lesson, by the way, for those of us Christians. I cannot imagine a greater expression of Christianity than to say, I too am a Jew. On November 15, 2020, a historical marker honoring Roddy was placed in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was donated by the Jewish American Society for Historic Preservation with support from the Knoxville Jewish Alliance. I would like to end this episode with a quote by Dr. Henry Freiburg, a Holocaust survivor who had lived in Knoxville since the 1950s and recently passed away in 2020. Dr. Freiburg believed that Roddy Edmonds' actions were somewhat unprecedented, once saying, quote, I think that it is a true act of heroism, he said. I'm very surprised for someone coming from this part of the country, which was isolated from the human events in Europe, but that's what commanders are supposed to do look after and support their personnel. While many would agree that Roddy went above and beyond the call of duty, if he was alive today he would most likely just say he was doing his job. And that's one definition of a hero. Thank you for listening and I hope you have learned something new today. Season 2 of Hidden History will explore the lives of victims and heroes of the Holocaust. Many of their stories have been hidden in the pages of history and deserve to be told. Pictures, newspaper clippings, and links to external articles relating to a particular episode will be available on our website. Thanks again for listening. I'm John Rodriguez, and until we meet again, this has been Hidden History, and I'll see you through time.